Welcome to AFT in Action, a podcast for members of AFT Connecticut-affiliated local unions. We're approximately 30,000 working people in the public and private sectors, teachers and school support staff, nurses and healthcare workers, higher education faculty and public employees in nearly 90 unions across the state. The series provides a deeper dive into issues impacting our members and our movement as part of AFT Connecticut's engagement and communications efforts. Welcome union siblings to another episode of AFT in Action. My name is Jan Hockadell, your State Fed President and your host for today's episode. Today we will be talking about how creating a climate of collaboration can really help make progress in public schools possible. And when educators and other school community members feel that they have a voice and that they are valued, the school community can just achieve so much more. And a great example of this type of relationship is the Meriden Teachers Union, or MFT, which over time has built a trusting collaborative relationship with their district administrators and the superintendent. And to help with the discussion today and explain how those relationships evolved, we have Lauren Mancini, who has been an educator for 33 years, 24 of them with the Meriden Public School System. And she's currently a social studies teacher and department chair at Maloney High School. She also served on the district committees for educator evaluation and development planning and was part of the COVID reopening committee. Lauren first served as a MFT building rep, became their vice president, and then was elected to serve as president in 2019. At the state level, she served four years on the State Department of Education's Teacher of the Year Selection Committee and is currently serving as an AFT Connecticut Executive Committee Vice President. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you, Jan. It's lovely to be here today. I also am uh, thrilled to be part of this. I think it's an amazing thing to share a partnership that has been ongoing and has really helped this district move forward. So Lauren, in the past, the Meriden teachers in the administration had a typical adversarial relationship, but then former president Tom Bryn and your former superintendent worked hard to improve that relationship. But it was former president Aaron Benham and the current superintendent Mark Benigni that really developed and strengthened the relationship. But I know that you and Dr. Benigni, you know, have really continued that collaborative working relationship, especially through the pandemic. So how did you um, and your fellow educators, you know, get through those most difficult two years in public education? It's together. It's togetherness. It's working together. It's picking common goals, common ideas, and um, the com- commonality of schools and school children and trying to move everything forward. Um, getting us stuck in the past or in a pandemic, being locked into fear mode, which could have happened, wasn't beneficial for anybody the students, the teachers, my members, admin. So working together to move everybody forward was definitely a priority and a goal. And to join our conversation, we have Dr. Mark Benigni, a former tutor, a special ed teacher at Platt High School in Meriden, who then became an assistant principal in the Berlin Public Schools and was a former principal in the Cromwell Public Schools. And then in 2010, Mark became the superintendent of the Meriden Public Schools. Welcome to AFT in Action, Mark. Thanks, Jan, and it's great to be with Lauren. So it always is good spending time with you, Mark, so that we can um, get things on the same page and common ground and move forward. So I do appreciate you doing this with me. So Mark, in addition to your other accomplishments, you have also been an adjunct professor at Middlesex Community College. You've written several books and articles, and you also served three terms on the Meriden City Council. So your career could have gone and just, you know, different directions. What really made you choose public education over politics? Public education is so important to me. 
Um, you know, my parents married very young. Uh, they had nothing, um, but they had goals for their children. And I have two brothers and their goal was that we were going to use public education to open up opportunities for all of us. And I saw what public education meant to me and to my family. And I wanna make sure that all children have that opportunity to get ahead in life. I, I do believe that public education is the great equalizer. I believe uh, it needs all of our attention, our investment, and that's how we'll create a better world for everyone. So for me, I've always had this passion for education. And I think, um, and I probably always felt most comfortable around students. Like I feel like that's where I feel good about myself. And I feel like I can make a difference in their lives. Um, I enjoy working with, with people. Uh, some of the lessons I learned in politics are definitely helpful <laughs> here, here in this role. Um, but no different than whether I was serving as a city councilor or the mayor of the city. Um, in my role as superintendent, it's about working together. It's about common goals. Uh, and it's about having fun together. Like Lauren and I spend a lot of time together. And some of the work is difficult and challenging, but we laugh, we enjoy each other's company and we're in this together. Look, we all want the same thing. We want what's best for our students, staff and families. Um, so let's sit down and see how we can get there. So Mark, when you first became superintendent in 2010, um, there was a national like anti-union campaign that was being driven by the, the Tea Party. We all remember what happened in Wisconsin with Governor Walker. So what made you wanna go in just a completely different direction that would, foster that collaborative relationship with our local union? You know, I, I was a union member. I was a teacher. Um, I also was an administrator and I worked for superintendents and everyone had a differing opinion. But what I saw is we could, we could spend our time fighting and arguing about every issue and it would take us away from the true work that we all valued and wanted. I don't think anyone goes into education, whether you're a tutor or a teacher or an administrator or superintendent, without a passion for learning and a passion for student success. And I just watched too many people get caught in the, the anger, the, the difficult conversations, and, and you'd spend all of your time fighting with one another rather than spending your time collaborating and really doing innovative, creative things for teachers and students. And I remember when I first got this job here in Meriden, um, I called Erin Benham and she was out in California. I think she was at an AFT retreat out there, probably with you, Jan. Um, and I called her and I said, look, they, they appointed me superintendent. I'm so excited. You're one of my first calls. We need to meet. She's well, like, unless you're coming out to California, you'll have to wait a few days. And I just remember telling Aaron, look, we're going to do it differently. And I had known Aaron and I had worked. I actually had done my administrative internship um, when Aaron was a teacher. So I kind of was like her quasi administrator. And she was so helpful in that learning experience with me. Um, and helpful doesn't mean that you don't push back against one another and share different viewpoints. Helpful means you're going to treat each other with respect. You're going to share openly. And I could say with Aaron or Lauren, there's no secrets. Like we're going to share openly. Um, and, and I feel like I had two great teammates who helped lead the work. And um, some of the things I'm most proud about in the Meriden Public Schools are because I got to work with great people like Aaron and Lauren. That's fantastic. So Lauren, you know, let me ask you, the Meriden Federation of Teachers has been held as an example of labor management collaborations. And you've received a number of AFT innovation grants. Can you share some of your proudest union administrative collaborative accomplishments that you've had over the last couple of years? One thing resonates with me is when Randy Weingarten said solution-driven unionism. I don't think I ever come 
down here or to the table without at least an idea of what could be a solution. Doesn't mean I'll win. It doesn't mean it's something I'll get, but I do have something. So in that collaborative idea, we're always looking for ways to move the district forward and do things. So the innovation grant was a perfect opportunity for the Meriden Public Schools and the MFT to work together to try to move forward with more education, more sound education, working better with community partners. Um, it's been a big push lately with the um, community-based schools and Meriden being such a community-driven atmosphere that's always a forefront item in our heads. So the innovation grant and winning that allowed Meriden to say, hey, community schools could be here we can achieve what we need to achieve with our kids. We can pay our teachers something to be able to do that and work all pieces of it to come to the table to be able to do something and move it forward. So Mark, on the same vein, what do you think is your proudest moment working with us? Well, I definitely think winning that first AFT innovation grant and, and meeting Randy Weingarten and having conversations about how we were doing work here and um, even listening to her share like, I say to all of our teachers, if you want to be treated as professionals, we need to act like professionals. Like it was, it, it just was encouraging. It was inspiring. And I felt like I was working with people who really wanted to, to look for successful solutions. Like, so with Aaron and Lauren, it's not all the reasons why we can't do something. It's how can we work together to do it? And if it's good for students and staff, we're gonna find a solution and we're going to get it done. So the innovation grant and actually launching like some of the nation's first public neighborhood expanded learning time schools was huge. Um, being creative with how we were gonna stipend teachers, how we we're gonna have teachers on split schedules. So some would work 7.30 to 2.30, others would work nine to four. Like we just got so creative and all the things that people were saying out there about unions, we debunked with one grant and one program. Like, no, teachers are innovative. No, unions can partner with administration to get great things done for students. That's fantastic. I can just hear your enthusiasm. It's amazing. So Mark, we, we all heard about the student learning loss, you know, during the pandemic. Um, can you just talk a little bit about how the collaborative relationship with Lauren and the teachers union, you know, what effect did that have um, driving the student learning, you know, post pandemic? So I think our relationship was critical to our success. I mean, and Lauren will probably still tell everyone, I called her on like a late Saturday night and said, hey, we're meeting tomorrow morning, Sunday morning, bright and early, come, someone will bring donuts and coffee, but we have a lot of work to do. And so we all showed up uh, here at yeah. central office and we kind of crafted our plan. And I think, some of the key elements that we had is that we were going to support our staff and students. We recognized that for some coming into our schools um, wasn't going to be an option. And we had no idea how long we were gonna be closed for. The only dates where we weren't open for in-person learning was when the governor mandated uh, that we were closed. Otherwise we let families choose. And we also gave staff choice too. So we accommodated our staff who, who might have been putting themselves in a risky situation coming back. So I think we worked with the staff that had specific needs. We worked with the families that had specific needs, but we offered in-person learning um, throughout the pandemic and we let families make the choice that was best for them. We also made sure that we beefed up what our distance learning program, our remote learning program would look like. We recognized that even though we had been a one-to-one -one district for over a decade, there was no way that we could expect 
a first grader to be on a Chromebook uh, a full school day. So it was like, let's let's look at what the day should look like. Let's be reasonable about number of hours of engagement. Let's create schedules around that. And I thought we did a nice job uh, with that. I think we had some advantages in Meriden that we were a one-to-one -one district. So students and families were used to navigating Chromebooks. We already had um, a single sign-on solution. We already had Wi-Fi hotspots for those who needed access. And most importantly, we already had digital content that our students and staff knew how to use. Um, and, and vendors were great. They offered everything under the sun for free, come try and use it. But you really couldn't bring in too many new products because there's a learning curve for our students, families, and for our staff. So we stayed with the products and vendors that we knew that our teachers and uh, students were familiar with. And I think that was helpful. It's a fallacy that we lost two years of learning. That, that was not the case in the Meriden Public Schools. And also we learned some things through this pandemic that will never change. Like, why weren't we offering parents virtual teacher parent conferences? Teachers enjoy them, parents enjoy them, and our attendance rates have never been better. I mean, we didn't think of that, the fact that our parents sometimes needed to get a ride to our schools, that they needed to miss work to come for a 15 minute meeting. And that when they miss work, they might not even be getting paid when they're coming to the meeting. Um, and our teachers have done a great job of just doing those meetings virtually from their own cell phone, from a, a district Chromebook. And, and some of these creative strategies, if we didn't have the trust, I'm afraid wouldn't have happened. So I just want to say that our relationship has some benefits uh, that help students and staff. So, um, you know, since we're on this podcast, like where do you kind of see that going in the future? I mean, I think our, the possibilities are so vast out there. I, I definitely think we're already thinking strategically about redefining what a high school should be. Um, is it all seat time? Should we be on that traditional 7.30 to 2 p.m. day? Should we be awarding, we have our personalized learning experiences, PLEs where students can earn credit. Should we be looking for creative ways to get students internships, externships with businesses? We've done a great job of increasing advanced placement and early college experience enrollment. Can we do a, a better job of getting students to visit colleges across the, the region and, and to really define themselves a little bit uh, as for what they want for the future. But, you know, I, I couldn't even look any further than the summer. You know, when other districts, it wasn't a lack of resources because everyone got some funding to do it, but we were able to run 16 summer programs for over 2000 students because our teachers stepped up and did it. Like without our teachers willingness to do that, 2000 students don't get a summer program. Um, so do I, where do I see the possibilities going? I see only advantages from our close working relationship for our students. I think your teachers are involved in choosing what that digital content will be. Teachers are involved in choosing, does a Chromebook make more sense than a tablet? Teachers are involved in choosing PD opportunities. PD opportunities. Um, I think the way with, that we've said, just as our students learn at different levels, our teachers learn at different levels. So we need to make sure their PD is structured in that way as well. I think, you know, we mentioned the parent-teacher conferences, but also now we're looking at, are there other meetings that could be done virtually and be more effective? Why do I really care if it's a PD day and it's all online anywhere, you're gonna watch videos, whether you do that from the comfort of your home or whether you do that in my school building. It really doesn't change the fact. 
and for some of our teachers, yeah. as you know, they'll say, you cannot possibly leave me at home with my kids to do this PD. Make sure the door's open. Well, we'll leave the door open. Yeah. For the parent who wants to come in for a face-to-face parent-teacher conference, we'll accommodate their wishes. But for the one who's stepping out of their work for 10 minutes on their break, that because all parents care about their kids, um, we're going to accommodate them too. So I, I think really the true winners in this partnership are our students and families. And um, I think we're able to focus on the core work and how we're gonna move the needle for students because we're not spending our time arguing or bickering over the issues. We're spending our time being transparent, open and honest and looking for solutions. And there's also every one, the first Monday of every month is the union. So it's both the administrators union and the teachers union meet with central office, the main heads of the, the leaders, superintendents, and we bring things to the table. Like we're, it's a constant every month. We can know, oh, we're, well, I'll bring that to central office at the first of the month. But there is always the opportunity to text or email or call and say if there's an emergent thing. But as far as that, once a month, there's a list and we share and hash things out. And there's hundreds of opportunities there with the ideas and, and what people have to bring to the table. And I think it's so important that Lauren's involved with district initiatives or that a member of her team is involved because sometimes it's the misinformation that gets out there um, when they're involved whether it's working with the bar foundation on a grant there's no inaccuracies they can share directly with the union so my advice to others has always been include your union leaders it will save you a lot of issues later and and I, I also think you know I'm fortunate to have someone like Lauren because what makes her happy and click is trying new things, is being innovative, is being creative as well. Um, and we, we're we not done yet, Lauren. I mean, the AP lounges, the language lounges were, were union-inspired thoughts. Like it was your own teacher thing. We should really have a space for our AP students to have a more supervised study. So now we have AP lounges. So that open environment, the relationship we have makes folks comfortable sharing um, and I think that's how we'll continue to move the district forward. Thank you, Mark, for you know joining as a guest and answering our questions and really explaining for our listeners the benefits that can be achieved by working together and with their union leadership and as a community uh, in the schools as a whole, you know, not only for your staff, as you said, but also for the students um, and their parents. Thank you so much, Jan, and I appreciate your leadership and, and Lauren. You know how much I enjoy working with you too. So thanks for having me on the podcast, but more importantly, thanks for being great partners. And Lauren, thank you for uh, co-hosting and engaging in the discussion and really for being such a strong advocate for labor leadership and local, uh, both at the local and the state level. Thank you. As we do at the end of each podcast, I want to thank our members for all that they do each and every day and for listening to this podcast. And I invite members to submit suggestions and questions for our next episode of AFT in Action. And right now we are looking at an episode that will focus on a very important issue that is being taken up at a federal level. We'll focus on retirement security benefits for teachers who in Connecticut, like many other states, are not eligible for full social security payments. This is known as the windfall elimination provision and government pension offset, otherwise known as the WEP GPO, which Congress is debating right now. But please let us know your thoughts. Send any comments by email to actnetreply at aftct.org. That's A-C-T-N-E-T-R-E-P-L-Y at sign 
aftct.org. Plus, you can leave a voice message by dialing 860-257-9782 and asking for extension 116, that's 860-257-9782, extension 116. I'm really looking forward to including your voices and thank you in advance for being heard. That's a wrap for this latest edition of AFT in Action. Additional episodes are available at our Podbean page and social media channels, all of which can be found at aftct.org. Like what you heard? Then share with fellow members and encourage they give it a listen too, and help build the power of the UNI in union.